You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So today is going to be pretty simple. Recap what happened in training camp, jump back into the Facebook group, and call it a day. If that all sounds good to you, let me just remind you of two things. Number one, primarily for those of you that are new to the show, five-star iTunes reviews are very greatly appreciated. It took you a while to get here, and that's unfortunate for you, and I don't want that to have to happen to someone else, and leaving five-star reviews is just going to help people find this podcast faster. That's all I'm saying. Second, as much as I don't want you to miss out on this podcast, I also don't want you to miss out on a lot of money. So if you're into that fantasy football kind of stuff, make sure that you jump into the biggest NFL season-long tournament of all time, because Draft right now is running a competition a tournament that is going to pay out 3.5 million bucks in total cash prizes. Don't ask me what accent that is. It's just, it's all of them in one. All of them. But again, this is season long, no management, set it and forget it. When you're done drafting, no trades, no waiver wires, you don't have to even set your lineup. Your best players get automatically started. You'll always get the best score every week. Just jump in on a draft. They're happening every couple minutes, so you can do it right around now-ish. And uh, you can be a millionaire in just a matter of a few weeks. Or a thousandaire, or maybe a $15-aire. I don't know what the smallest payout is, but it's worth a shot. And for a limited time only, you can get a free entry into the Best Ball Championship when you make your first deposit, but you got to use promo code PACKERNET. That's a free shot at a million dollars just for using my promo code PACKERNET when you do your first deposit. So search Draft in the App Store or go to Draft.com and come play free with promo code PACKERNET. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. So first of all, I'm sure you all heard, but some pretty bad news about uh, former Packer and Bear running back Cedric Benson. Allegedly died in a uh, motorcycle accident. Pretty shocking, pretty horrible. 
but uh, be sure to be praying for their family. So in general, as far as training camp, I would say that um, the defense being physical to the point of being violent and the offense being trash is a pretty good summary of what we saw. But um, the, the bad news didn't necessarily stop there. Here's the full list of people that did not practice. Aaron Rodgers, Kevin King, uh, Josh Jones, Kadar Holman, uh, Campbell, Burks, Vitali, Ento, Roberts, Bakhtiari, Sternberger, and Gilbert. Now, obviously Rodgers is the biggest name here. Kind of a good news, bad news situation. First of all, some people are, are worried about him being injured. I, I He's not injured. Aaron Rodgers is not hurt the same way Aaron Jones was never hurt. He, he hasn't been practicing, but he's never had an injury this year. This is a precaution to protect him from getting injured because he has some back tightness. Um, I don't know the severity of it. It may be you know say, exact same thing as Aaron Jones, where everyone's like, oh, it's no big deal, and he was out for a long time. Now, the other side of this, however, is similar to Aaron Jones, at least this is what I'm assuming, I don't know this, but this is a situation where if this is a game, he's 100% playing. But this isn't a game, and so it's not worth risking him getting injured. But as far as week one goes, he's playing. The only real question is, how long is this going to take for the tightness to go away? And um, are we going to see him at all in the preseason? And if not, is that going to have a negative effect? Which the answer, of course, is going to be yes. I don't know how negative but considering how the offense has been performing, it's pretty clear that, I mean, they, they probably could use another month before they can get this thing figured out. Um, things are coming along slow, and um, I don't know. I don't know how else to say it. They, they, they need a lot more time. And we, we kind of knew that. I mean, that, that's always the case. And hopefully they can at least sort of do a fake it till you make it thing, kind of like, you know, I'm sure the, the Bears and Nagy, didn't quite fully I mean you're even hearing this year Trubisky's just starting to figure this thing out right it's the way it goes but still they came out and looked pretty good they made it work even if they didn't fully understand what in the world they were doing that's what we we have to hope for but there's no question that there's a lot of question marks on just pasted on these guys faces when they go out there and I don't think Rodgers is is entirely different I know mentally he's on a different level than most people, and he's going to be able to figure this out. But he also has the hardest job of anybody, and um, he's going to need some extra time. Uh, fortunately, he can still, you know, get his face in the book and, and you know, try to work through these things, do some mental reps. But uh, I don't think anything really compares to being out on the field and trying to do it live action. So I don't know. We'll see. Either way, I'm I'm not quite as concerned about Aaron Rodgers as some of the other people. I think he'll pick it up, and and just talent alone will kind of carry him through at least for a time until you know he can kind of nail this this offensive system down a little bit. Um, on the more positive side, Trevor Davis and Jamal Williams were both back. So pretty important for Trevor Davis because as I said, with him being hurt, you know, I, the competition level is ramping up. And as much as I'm sure everybody wants to keep him, you know, he's the special teams folks like him. I think everybody that watches him on offense probably likes him. But again, the competition is, is getting kind of high. So with him not being on the field, it's not great. So good good for him to be back. Jamal Williams, it's nice that he's back for two reasons. Number one, he absolutely needs some reps. He hasn't been able to participate all that much. He needs to get out there and, and get to work, especially since there's a lot of questions about him being able to handle this different kind of a scheme and just kind of learning to get into the rhythm of it. 
and understand what the coaches are looking for and, and getting a chance to watch them and correct them on certain things, that, that definitely needs to happen. But beyond that, for our sake, just need to see something better out of our running back. So I'm <laughs> just glad he's back. As much as, as we talked about Jamal maybe being in trouble and not being able to do it, it's like, man, no, he's he's good. <laughs> I'm good with Jamal, man. Um, speaking of, uh, relatively early on in camp, uh, Dexter Williams apparently just got thrown out. Basically, Dexter gets open, gets into the end zone. Boyle hits him with a beautiful throw, and he just dropped it, and, and Matt LaFleur just flipped. He started screaming, and he kicked him right out of camp. And again, this is just sort of indicative of how the offense looked, and I think Matt LaFleur is just getting fed up with, with a lot of things. I mean, if you look at the, the defense in general, like I said, getting more physical, they were basically playing on the level that Josh Jones got kicked out for. I mean, the, the, it was described that the offense was actually kind of uh, shocked at how violent the defense was being. But, you know, it, it almost sort of hints at, as you kind of read through some of the things that were going on there, it hints at almost a, a coaching staff that is getting impatient on one hand, you know, as far as being frustrated, but also possibly becoming panicked a little bit because we're running out of time. And it's getting to the point where this is getting ridiculous. I'm, I'm tired of dealing with this. We need to get going here. So if you if you can't catch a pass, if, you, if you're dropping touchdown passes, get out of my practice. And as for, as for the defense, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the, the laziness, the not trying to finish plays, Rashawn Gary, not trying to finish plays, Kenny Clark, jogging over while the play is still going on, missing tackles. And apparently uh, Bill Huber has said that this is one of the worst practices he's ever seen as far as the offense is concerned. And a lot of people are pointing out it's because Rodgers isn't there, but so what? Rodgers has nothing to do with Dexter Williams dropping a pass. He has nothing to do with, with offensive linemen getting penalties. He has nothing to do with any of that stuff. Now, on the, on the flip side of this, the defense took full advantage of it. The defense was fired up, and, and for the first time probably you know, ever this year, the, the defense won the day. I've been talking about how I need to see Jair, and I haven't heard from Jair, and I'm starting to worry about Jair. Well, note from Tom Silverstein, back-to-back plays. Jair Alexander knocks the ball out of Lazarus' hands at the pylon, then Tremont undercuts a crosser to Shepard for an interception. Now, not trying to be super nitpicky, but this would be the second time that Jair has knocked the ball out of somebody's hands, and I wasn't there, and I didn't see it, but I know the first time this happened, it was a matter of, how about you don't let him catch it in the first place? But, you know, still, way to, way to go, Jair. Um, Jamon Moore, just more drops. So, I mean, it really is just a matter of time. I, I, you know, there's several people, so I, I can't say I don't know why he's not cut yet because there's, there's there's no benefit to an open roster spot. So if there's really just nobody on your list that you'd like to get in, these guys aren't going to go anywhere until the cutdowns happen. But uh, Jamon is on on my short list as far as guys that when the cuts come, it's just he's he's not going to survive that. Th- there's been nothing positive from Jamon Moore. It's just been continued drops over and over again. Um, and then as far as special teams goes, uh, both kickers were 4 for 4. However, the only kicks were from 22, 28, 33, and 40. And as Rob Domofsky said, apparently they're planning on stalling out in the red zone a lot um, because th- this isn't doing anything as far as the competition, and that's absolutely true. We got a near, I mean, th- this is a massive decision. I mean, unless we've already decided we're sticking with Crosby, then cool. Then let's get Ficken out of here and get somebody else in. But if you're going to plan on potentially cutting Crosby and it's going to be on, on, you know, 22-yard chip shots that obviously Crosby is also making, 
This needs to be about if we're replacing Crosby, we better be absolutely sure. And Ficken being able to kick a 40-yarder? I'm sorry. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, there, there are kids in high school that can kick a 40-yard field goal. And um, also of note, Jimmy Graham hurt his finger. So, similar thing happened last year. I don't know. I mean, I just... I don't want to sit here and mope and, and whine. It's just, it, it wasn't a good practice. It happens. It happened last year. It's It happened several years. There's going to be bad practices. It, it doesn't necessarily mean we need to super overreact, but it does kind of feel like we're going in the wrong direction, which is bad when you're in your first year trying to learn a system, right? The first week of preseason was a lot better than the second week. The first few weeks of training camp have been a lot better than at least how this training camp has started. I mean, if guys are already getting tired and burned out and, and, and you know, potentially getting lazy, then, then yeah, you got to get your head coach out there to start kicking people off the field to say this is serious. I don't know why you think that things are so laid back that you can just not care anymore, but that's not going to fly. So, I, you know, it also goes back to the, I don't know what it is about when Aaron Rodgers isn't playing that everybody just shuts down, but that has to stop too. I've referenced several times the you know when Rodgers got hurt, not this last time for the season, but the time before that, we had one of the more dominant defenses against the run. Suddenly, our defense fell apart when Rodgers got hurt, and it 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 doesn't make sense other than people just give up. It's as though the coaches aren't the leaders; it's Aaron Rodgers. People aren't playing hard for Matt Lafleur or for. Mark Murphy, or for, they're playing hard for Aaron Rodgers, and when he's not there, it's like, nah, I don't really care then. It's a very weird thing. But I, I, I will still say that at the end of the day, these guys are still learning. And, and what I mean is, e- even if they're not playing well, information is getting embedded in their brains, whether they like it or not. And as much as I would like this to be smoother, we're, we're really just talking about magnitude. But things are going to be ugly in training camp. As I've said 70 billion times, things are going to be ugly in September for all 32 teams, and we already know this. So we also know all 32 teams are not as clean now as they should be, as they'd like to be, and as they will be in December. It's really just a matter of, is this a lot worse than usual? Why? And should we be concerned about it? And I, the only thing I can think is, is no. Right Again, we've seen sloppy practices plenty of times with Mike McCarthy where he flips out and says that wasn't good enough. It happened last year a lot, and this is a brand new system. So you're going to have dumb mistakes, like a guy drops a pass. You're going to have false starts. And then, yeah, when you've, when you've got your backup quarterbacks in and Aaron Rodgers never comes out and you got Deshaun Kaiser going up against the, the number ones, the, uh, the offense is going to lose a lot more. And then with, with time running out, the coaches' backs are against the wall, so they're a little bit more jumpy, they're a little bit more screamy, and that amplifies the fact of how bad things appear. And so, no, it's not a good thing, and I'm not going to put a positive spin on it, but it, it's also not... There's pretty much nothing that can happen outside of an Aaron Rodgers injury that, that would tell us, okay, it's time to uh, throw in the towel already. That would be the only thing. If he's out for the season where we could just say, all right, so about the draft... <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, by the way, the uh, the second episode for the draft podcast is live going over the first half of our running backs. There's also a YouTube video. I decided to throw up a YouTube video just to see what the interest would be on there. Pack Daddy NFL is the name. But it's going to be a two-parter. There's one that came out today. Then the second half for the running backs is going to come out Wednesday. Just a little FYI. Talking about the 2020 draft, if you didn't know. 
But yeah, it, I'm I'm hoping that by mid-season I'm not already kind of hammering the draft. Talking about it is fine. Um, emphasizing it is would be would be a disappointment. And I've only been doing this podcast for two years. This is year three. The first year I did this podcast, Aaron Rodgers was hurt. The second year I did this podcast, I thought he was going to get hurt again week one. He didn't, but things didn't necessarily improve. So it, it hasn't been a great track record. And I have threatened to quit several times blaming myself for the Packers' misfortune. And I don't want to have to do that again. But anyways, all this is a, a relatively uh, decent transition going back into the Facebook group because uh, Phil, he posted an article from uh, sportsonearth.com, whatever, but basically it was when the college all-stars beat the Lombardi, uh, the Lombardi Packer, Packers in a, uh, a practice. And Phil says, I've been a Packer fan since 1961. I've been blessed to see our team win seven world titles, yet I still remember this preseason game the Packers played against the college All-Stars. Needless to say, they recovered from that game. And and, and that's, it's, it's re-emphasizing what we already know, but it is a very good point. Because logically, it's hard to see what's going on and say, well, okay, but how can you say everything's fine? Clearly, things are not all fine. There isn't a lot of, of logical maneuvering that you can do when the college all-stars beats your professional football team how can you explain that that's okay without people rolling their eyes and going no that's not okay that is no excuse for that that shouldn't happen i don't care about we're trying to emphasize this we're trying to practice that there's no excuse for that that's horrible and you know what that's kind of true but you know what i think they're okay and it's interesting, and and you should if you're if you're in the Facebook group, go find that article and read it because it's it's a pretty good read. But a lot of it just came down to you know, and, and it's it's burned into these guys' memories. They it's it's, it's it, a ridiculously embarrassing thing. In fact, the the name was originally called the Chicago Charities College All Star Game. Anytime charities in it and you lose, that's just brutal. But you listen to quotes like, we didn't think they could do offensively what they did to us. Essentially, what, what it was, was an unbelievably talented team that just didn't care and didn't try. And yes, that is a problem. And yes, that's one of those things you look at and say, well, that's not good. I mean, how can people with that mentality be successful in, in the NFL? Same thing when I'm looking at Packers playing half-heartedly in, in a preseason game. It's, that's not okay. What about the coach, right? Well, maybe the coach is garbage. I mean, if you think about it in this context with, with Lombardi, not necessarily. I mean, th- th- this is essentially the ultimate, right? One of, one of the greatest franchises of all time, one of the most disciplined teams with one of the most, you know, disciplined, demanding coaches, one of the most talented teams going up against not even a, a garbage preseason uh, NFL team. This is worse than the 0-16 Browns. This is a college group bunch of these guys aren't even going to make it into the pros. They're not even good enough to get picked up on the 0-16 Browns type teams. They didn't win the championship that year, but they did go 11-2-1. Essentially a 12-win team in, in today's terms. So I, everything that's happening is interesting and something to keep an eye on and to some degree might tell us somewhat of what's going to happen in the regular season. But beyond being interesting and maybe slightly concerning, that's kind of where we got to leave it. Outside of injuries, which are definitive, none of this is definitive. For all I know, Aaron Jones is going to have an injury. Dexter is going to come in as the starter, and he's going to have a fantastic year and run for 1,000 yards. Him dropping a pass in the red zone does not seal his fate. 
But um, anyways, Phil followed that up with another question in the group. He says, now that Rodgers has missed a start in preseason, do you think he gets to play more than one quarter in at least two games before the opener? LaFleur doesn't seem to think it's necessary, but it's a new system and scheme for Rodgers in the offense. I think they're going to need more game reps to get things to mesh. I'll be completely honest. I don't think he's going to play at all in the preseason. And the reason I say that is is week four, I don't think anybody's going to play their starters. I mean, that's just the way it is in the NFL. You you need to make sure guys are healthy for week one. And if, if you play in that in that game, especially with the Packers playing on Thursday, that means they get one week. You know, if Aaron Rodgers kind of just tweaks his ankle a little bit, you've only got one week to recover. So nobody's going to be playing their starters. Aaron Rodgers is not going to be playing week four meaning this upcoming week is the only shot they've got. And I'm sure the Packers want him very desperately to play. And you could look at it and say, well, maybe they're holding him out so that he's ready to play. But I said the exact same thing last week about Aaron Jones. Well, they're holding him out so that he can get on the field. No, they were holding him out because they were holding him out. He's not playing because he's got a leg you know, tightness or hamstring tightness. Same with Rodgers. They're holding him out because he got... Now, if he's good to go by tomorrow, or, or maybe he was okay today, then maybe it's just a matter of, listen, we're going to hold you out today and tomorrow and the next day, and then you're going to play in the preseason game. We're just going to make sure you're good to go because we need you to get that game action. I don't know. In which case, by the way, if he doesn't play, that just emphasizes even more how good of a decision it was to have the Texans come in because that would be the only competition he's had. He didn't like it. The scheme wasn't necessarily on point, but that'll be the only time he played against another team prior to the Chicago Bears. So that would definitely have proven to be a, a beneficial thing for him. Um, but I'm, I'm really hoping he does play, and, and maybe because of the lack of, of time that he spent out there, they will give him a little bit of an extended period. I know they were talking about him playing possibly a quarter in week two before the back tightness thing. So um, I would think if week three is going to be it, then he probably should have, you know, like a quarter or so. And I know injuries are an issue, but I mean, I don't know. You got to draw the line somewhere. I just really don't see the benefit in one series, especially if it's not a scoring drive. We're talking about what, five, six plays? I just, no, man, just give him a quarter. It takes a while to get into a rhythm and get into the flow of things. And I mean, and again, you got to gauge it if, if the offensive line is just getting annihilated, which, you know, against the Raiders, I don't know. Maybe Cleland's having a great day, but against Bakhtiari, I don't think so. Although, is Bakhtiari playing? And that's something else to monitor. If Bakhtiari doesn't go, do you bother putting Aaron Rodgers out there? You probably still do, just because we got to get him out there. But at that point, maybe now I'm looking at, okay, we're doing a series and we're calling it. Because I'm sorry, Alex Light is going to get this man killed. But anyways, let's take a quick break, and we'll run through the rest of these questions, comments, and concerns in the Facebook group. And then we'll all just go to work and suck it up. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
So continuing on with this exact same theme, Nico says, so the Bears defense gave up a lot of points last night. Obviously, this was two nights ago. I was going to get excited, then I realized it's preseason. So just like the Pack fans freaking out that the Packers are not looking so good, it's preseason. Then he goes on to say, moral of the story, Bears still suck. Correct on both points, Nico. And again, I'm not going to keep saying the same thing over and over again, but this is the correct way to see this. Crazy stuff happens. Now, it is a little different when we're talking about effort and discipline and those kinds of things, right? You, you can't blame that on, well, we're, we're not running the scheme and we're not... It doesn't matter. There's a guy right in front of you. You have one job to do. There, there is no play call. There is no scheme that says, don't tackle the guy right in front of you. Right? Your job as the person in front is to lazily kind of throw a shoulder at him, drape your arm around his waist and let him swat that away, and then the guy behind you comes in and cleans up. That's not a thing. But, um, you know, still, it's all good. Todd suggest- suggested Nidare Lousy Rousey. Um, the fact that he put Lousy in makes me assume that his last name is Rousey. If it's not, then I can't use it. However, David on Twitter suggested Nairo, which is perfect because it's the second half of both of these names that I don't know how to pronounce. So just let's just cut them off, then combine it. Nairo. Nailed it. Mike says, when is Gary going to show up on the stat sheet? Week one. That's my answer. No, I, you know, I, I hope he finds something to do sooner than that. But, um, you know, I, we're in a good spot. And this is why I said Darnell Savage is really the one guy that's going to have to step up. Because there isn't somebody else. But even that isn't necessarily true. I'm... You know, I think he's going to get the start, so he does need to kind of step up. But, you know, with Rashawn Gary, and they even alluded to the fact that they're going to kind of take some stuff off his plate come week one. You know, they're throwing everything at him now. Then they're going to take a bunch of stuff off his plate week one and just kind of say, listen, this is the, the, the thing you're really good at. Let's just hone in on this for now and then keep building up your skill set. Because, listen, he's a 4-3 defensive end that's being taught how to stand up and play outside linebacker. That's not an easy transition, and it's going to take time. The benefit of all this is that Zadarius and Preston are there, and yes, Kyler Fackrell. So maybe he's just going to be the number four guy. And in that way, and as much as that's upsetting to think about now, essentially we have a really good number four who's going to be really good at one aspect of this game to really help this team situationally, and is also a guy with a lot of upside that's going to be getting developed. Now, Maybe by week one, he's already pretty dominant, and he works into being on the field regularly. He gets put inside, he gets put outside, whatever. But I'm, I'm just, I'm not super worried. And just like everything else, this is a process of this is the time when we can kind of do some crazy stuff to get you to try to learn stuff. Come week one, now it's time to execute. Come week one is the time when we're going to put you in opportunities to succeed. It's almost the opposite in preseason, right? We're putting you in, in these situations to fail. Right? This is what you're bad at. This is what we're going to have you do over and over again because it's what you need practice on. Come week one, though, we're not doing that anymore. We're going to find out what it is you do best, and we're going to do that over and over again. So that's, that's you know part of the reason why I say week one is when he shows up on the stat sheet. Again, hopefully he shows up sooner than that because we got two more preseason games. And if he goes, you know, blanks out four weeks in a row, granted he did have a a pressure week one, but if we're not counting that, then, you know, four weeks in a row without getting any stats, is, is it's just not good. Now, some of it is out of his control, as I've said. It, it's not 100% that he's just playing terribly. It's not his fault if the ball gets out quickly. It's not his fault if he didn't tackle somebody if nobody runs at him. You know, you don't usually show up on a stat sheet when your job is to collapse the offensive line and let somebody stunt around you. That can be executed perfectly 
and show nothing on the stat sheet. So that's the other half of this equation. So he is doing some good things. It'd be nice to see a little bit more, but understand he's learning a new position. They're putting him in situations to fail, not to fail, but you understand what I'm saying. They're putting him in situations that he's not very good at. Come week one, they're going to say, and this is exactly what Petten said they're going to do. Come week one, we're going to say, these are the things you're good at. This is what you're going to do over and over again. Meaning putting him in his position to succeed as opposed to what they've been doing. So that should help him show up on the stat sheet. Plus, we're just talking more rep. Not getting pulled at halftime or any of that kind of stuff. So just be patient. Uh, the final question comes from Ryan in the Facebook group. Ryan, I just read various notes from today's practice, and it was um, consistently bad for the offense. Drops for Jamon. Graham dislocates finger. Dexter kicked out for dropping a pass. Lazard gets the ball knocked out of his hands. Uh, with this being another poor offensive showing, how concerned are you with not only the offense but also Lafleur and his staff? So I know I've, I've answered this in several different ways. Let me try one more. In the context of regular season, how many of these notes are troublesome? Jamon dropped the pass. He's not going to make the team. Jimmy Graham dislocates his finger. Potentially a problem, um, but you know I don't know how much of a contributor we thought he was going to be anyways. Dexter kicked off the field for dropping a pass. You know, drop passes happen. He's probably not going to be a very good receiver. He's also maybe the number three running back, probably number four at this point. Lazard gets the ball knocked out of his hands. I think it's a good play by Jair. It's a learning thing for Lazard, right? I mean, it over the, the course of it, as you're watching it especially, I'm sure if you were there, it would be hard to watch. But again, thinking about the starting team, what is what are we concerned about Aaron Rodgers? No. Are we concerned about Bakhtiari? No. Are we concerned about anybody along the offensive line? Whether it's, it's Lane Taylor, are we concerned? Not really. Possibly Elton Jenkins, which is a benefit because now that means we technically have an upgrade. Are we concerned about Corey Lindsley? No. What about right guard? We have a, a massive upgrade. I mean, Billy Turner, I wasn't sure what we were getting. Still don't, for sure. But, you know, the grades were kind of up and down. There were people who were laughing at the Packers, people from teams of, of, you know, Miami Dolphins or whoever saying that guy was straight trash. I can't believe you guys paid him that much money. Sounds like he's just clicking, right? It's just working. Are we concerned about Balaga? No. Are we concerned about Aaron Jones? No. Are we concerned about Devontae Adams? No. Are we concerned about Marquez? The only concern is, did he take a step or not? If not, then it's not great, but hopefully the scheme will kick in and, and the offense will be a little bit better and whatever. Are we concerned about Geronimo? No. I mean, it, none of these starters are we necessarily really concerned with. You could do the same thing with the defense. We know we're good with Kenny Clark. There's some concern with Mike Daniels being gone. Is Montrevious up to the, up to the task? However, we've got Zadarius. Is he as good as we hoped? I don't know, but he's going to be better than than uh, Perry was. Same with Preston. Well, you know, he's probably going to be better than than we got from Clay. Well, what about linebacker? All we got is Blake. That's all we had last year. You know, and I don't know if Curtis Bolton and Ty Summers are going to be decent fill-ins, but should be good enough compared to again what we had last year. And there's going to be mistakes and there's going to be problems and all that, but whatever. Again, it wasn't much of a better situation last year. Are we concerned with Savage? Yes. But more than last year? No. Are we concerned with Amos? Well, I'm concerned that he's not going to be as good as he was with the Bears, but I'm not concerned that we're going to be in a worse situation than last year. So trying to translate that wasn't a good practice into we're in a lot of trouble come week one, you know, and it is a fair point to say what does it say about the staff? I, I don't know. It's hard to say when you're not there. You know, it's hard to, to assume you know, what, what What can I assume? That Mike Patton and Matt LaFleur are too lax? And I, I don't know what, what you can do if guys are not putting in 100% effort. 
Do you threaten them? Do you scream at them? Do you be their best friend and say, hey, I understand, bud? Do you kick them out of pride? I don't know. Well, I mean, I think another component of this is the, the locker room dynamic is also a, a rebuilding process. Right? Last year, that, that locker room just imploded, and, and our GM came in and said, no more. We're, we're ripping this thing up. So there does need to be a, a culture shift in there, and, and that's something else I suppose to keep an eye on. But I think we're headed in the right direction, guys like Zadarius and whatnot. And the fact that the defense did respond, right? The coaches called him out, said that wasn't good enough. You guys aren't playing physical enough. So then they come out and they're like, all right, well, you told us to stop being so physical. Now you're telling us to be more physical. If that's what you want, that's what we'll do. So they went out. They laid out a bunch of offensive players, not literally, but you know, apparently a few of them did get decleated. And uh, coach comes out and he's like, yep, that was awesome. Cool. New tone. Got it. Ready to go. Now that'll probably go on until somebody gets hurt and then they'll get scolded for being too violent. But, you know, bottom line is the, the defense did respond. So that's that's a positive. So how concerned? Not overly concerned. And most of my concern has to do with guys that I'm not really expecting to be playing very much in the regular season anyways. It's really just a matter of is this scheme going to help the offense? When is it going to start helping the offense? And how much is it going to start helping the offense? Same is true for the defense. Are they, first of all, is this defensive scheme any good? Is, is Pettin still a good defensive coordinator? Because that was a very long time ago. If so, are we closer to getting to be a good defense? Are, are people starting to understand it more, right? All the corners, Blake, Kenny, a lot of these guys who are in their second year, are, are they getting more understanding? Are they starting to understand their responsibilities? You know, when is this going to start showing dividends? When is it going to start paying out? It's really the only question. So, anyways, that's going to be it for me. I'm going to call it. It's a little bit early, but it's all I got, man. You folks have yourselves a fantastic Monday. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.